Ask him what the heck he wants. Say we're busy. We're oh, podcasting. He's just sending me memes. Oh, yeah. Come on. I'm trying to reel you in to some drama. Come on. We know. Own all of North America. Yeah, that was one of them the other day. Cribes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it showed the state of Montana and said everything in blue or something is territory. <laughs> and I really messaged him and I was like, settle down, dude. You live in Missoula, bro. It don't matter what you had. What do you yeah. have? Yeah. What do you have? <laughs> <laughs> You're on Higgins, bro. Settle down. <laughs> yeah. You're living next to Bear Tracks Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> You're putting the bear tracks in it. <laughs> All right. Alright, let's do this, man. Let's um do it. Okay. Let's do it, man. Can you hear me? Am yeah, I good? Am you're I good. good. So- sounds good. <clears throat> sounds real good. Yeah. Um well let's um you know I gotta um I gotta Salisha got me a real to real player slash recorder for my for my birthday. Oh no, for Christmas. My birthday hasn't happened. And I've been slowly going through these reel to reels. And there's some good music on here, man. Oh, man. But it, some of it's kind of not recorded well because the tapes are old, you know. So I'm going to show you one of these. And um, I've been doing the ones that are unlabeled. Yeah. First. Trying to, a, trying to get a photo here. for the- Get your photo. I've been doing the ones that are unlabeled. And I'm going to show you an example. Of one of these. Now, lucky enough that um, there's a narrator on here, which sort of gives you a clue where it's taken at. I'm going to let you listen to this. And with your advanced uh, knowledge of Native American music, I'm going to see if you can figure out the origin of this clip. Here we go. Can you hear that? You probably can't hear it because I didn't share the sound in. God dang it. <laughs> I was doing that. I'm stupid. All right, let's do it again. I really built it up and I just dropped it. Stupid. All right, here goes. Drop the ball. Um, you ready? Here we go. Yeah. Here it is. I like that beat. I know. Here it goes. Here it goes. Ooh. (laughs) That gets you right there. That's good, ain't it? Wait till everybody else learns it. I catch it. Oh man. Oh, 
go. Here we go. That, that little slowdown. So it's either from Crow Flathead or Nespers. <laughs> yeah. Am I right? Well, 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 by default, because you know where these these came from. Came from Mr. Larry Parker, who was Salish Nespers and traveled extensively in uh, the Blackfeet territory and among the crows. Well, that I didn't know that. <clears throat> oh, you didn't, didn't know that. Okay. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, you didn't know that. Here, there was, he had a tape. I had a tape one time of him recording songs, and I was really sad because I lost it. But he sings these songs and he names all of them. And I remember one. He said, "This is the this is a Donald Deernose special," and he sings it. Then he names oh, these other singers. Yeah, yeah, and he names all these singers, and he just keeps singing for like the whole these whole this ninety minute tape front and back. That's gold, man. That is, and I lost it. I lost it. So disappointed. But anyway, yeah, you're right. So within that that region. I I the sound to me. Yeah. So the sound, there's a sound that comes from like the flower Indians. <laughs> the flower Indians? Who's this? What was that? They're like beadwork and stuff. Oh, okay. Not like at the like, fort waiting for flower. No, like at like like um around in our area. See, to me, the Blackfeet have a very distinct sound. Yeah, they do. They're they're, and actually, I'm 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 gonna be honest. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, I am too. I, I I've always liked that sound. Yeah. So when you listen to like the Lakota people and kind of over there, it's distinct. But it's never been like my thing. Like I've come, yeah. never been. Yeah, but we know like Fort Berthold, there's a sound there. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's probably what a lot of singers have emulated is from there. Yeah, agreed. But uh, but I would say that sound that the Flatheads kind of did. Mm-hmm. I hear it in some of that Nesper stuff, Shoshone kind of a little bit, but like crows yeah. seem to have adopted a little bit of that. Yeah, and it's it's the it's the song making structures different. It's yeah. uh it's um melodically pleasing where the blackfeet it it's 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 their beat. I've always loved that beat they kind of do up there, like Blackfoot Crossing, Six yeah. of the Ramblers and them guys. Yeah. But their song style was yeah, it was good, but it was like a sharper sound, you know, like sharp, like 
it reminds you me what of, I'm saying. I do. It reminds me of like a, like a, like pouring out a really thick liquid. You know, like pouring out a thick liquid kind of fast. It's kind of got that little wave to it. You know, that's what that music kind of sounds like. You know, it's got. Oh, that. that's a good. That's a good analogy. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I can yeah. Do that. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Whereas if you go east, you know, like you said, over in the sort of Dakotas, it I mean, it all sounds good, you know, let's just put the different style. But that one sounds more like it's pushing the beat when you get over into the east, you know, it's not almost sounds like it's almost yeah. on the beat. Not quite, but it's just it's like pushing yeah. the beat, pushing the beat. And that's to me, that's very like crows that do that. Their song to me, it feels like the song and the yeah. beat are two different things, and they yeah. just happen to meet. Yeah, where like yeah. the black feet, it's not the beat. The beat and the and the melody are even. Yeah, the way the song's composed, it's even. It's like it's exactly how you would think it would be. I I do. Uh, uh, a lot of people probably won't like that that I said that, but I like that Blackfoot style of singing. I I think it's cool, man. Yeah. I agreed agreed yeah so so that was that's um that's up in the blood country there that was um uh apparently on on the end of the reel it narrates who who's who's in it and it the person narrating it his name is uh charlie bullshield and his wife i guess his name was irene prairie chicken and they mention um Singers from Moses Lake, Old Agency, and and Big Corner, those those areas up there, and they name Ooh, off Big Corner. Yeah, yeah, and they name off uh, uh, some folks that are in there: uh, Willie Eagle Plume, Frank Black Rabbit. I don't know any of these names. Um, uh, Tony Wolfchild, Alan Wolfchild, Jimmy Chief Calf, and I think he says somebody by the name of Mars Shouting. Maybe I couldn't hear it too well. But yeah, up in blood blood country there. Pretty cool. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna show you a different one. And this one is very distinct, and you can you'll probably pick it out right away where the, where this comes yeah. from. You ready for it? Well, I don't know. I'm not I'm not I don't have I don't have it like I used to. So yeah, let's try. Well, it. I mean this one's pretty this one's pretty distinct. And I bet you'll be able to pick it right out. Because you you'll hear the difference between the like pouring out a real creamy substance, you know. That kind of oh, just like a wave, you know, just the wave that keeps coming. That's what that last one sound like. Now listen to this one. You ready? Yep. I know you're ready. Here we go. I'm listening. Yep. Okay. Can you hear? Mm-hmm. That's from your country. <laughs> you can just tell, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell. But see that beat, the way that beat is? Yeah. That's similar to what I was talking about in Crow. Like, Crow, yeah. That, that. And see, watch, listen to the song. It'll feel like someone took two bodies and put them together. Play it. Watch okay, the body. Here, go. here it comes. Listen again. Ah, 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 ah. 
right there. Yeah. That seems like an unnatural drop to me. Right. 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 Yeah. Man, that's that's as flat as it gets, bud. <laughs> yeah. I like the song though. Yeah. Yeah. Good song. Yeah. You could tell the difference. One thing sure. about, that I would say is different about Crow's style of singing versus over there. Yeah. It's like your guys' beat, it was always a little more choppy. It seemed like yeah. a little more, dish, dish, you know, not a bounce. Like there's yeah. not like a bounce. Yeah. Yeah. And I always wondered how much stick game influenced the way people sing. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder that too. And I wonder how, um, I wonder if the, well, okay. So, so if I listen to some of the old, old war dances, like that was uh, sort of recorded early, earlier than sort of the fifties and sixties, you know, where there was, there wasn't that sort of war dance from the, well, I don't know what, I guess the, the, the more popular and emerging powwow style of singing, you know, where it's, where the, the style from the North was influencing and the style from the East was influencing where it was just when they would sing war dances to actually get ready for war. You can hear that sort of bounce in there. It's 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 a lot different. It 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 evolved into something else that you hear that you heard there today. And I don't yeah. know. I don't know why I did that. And I and I bet what you said. It's probably influenced by something these other, else. The other singing traditions, you know. And because to me, stick game. I don't sing stick game songs, but yeah, when I I meet guys who are active in both, yeah, there's a that there's a there's like a lack of the bounce now you look at like people who sing hand game songs those double beat hand game songs oh yeah melodically they're like structured different they're like real pretty they're like designed to be like this kind of upbeat where i think stick game accompanies a game where hand game songs are almost like this a centerpiece. They're like, uh, yeah, yeah. You have yeah. people who play hand game, then you have people who sing hand game. Yeah, where like stick game is kind of this blended. It's yeah. it's it's to accompany something. So yeah. you look at like John John and Dry Lake. He's a pretty good hand game singer. Oh yeah, and their and their beat is like tight. It's real tight. So I wonder, I wonder. I mean, how would you even like study that? You know? Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. These, um, I don't know if you've probably seen some of those ethnomusicologist reports and those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. They they talk real deep and heavy in in sort of like the music genre, you know, this is in the seventh pentameter of the the, the fifth. Yeah. You know, I don't don't understand. But but also they don't understand our music because our music doesn't fit into that. Yeah, that model of singing structure. Yeah. yeah, it's different. Yeah, they're they're analyzing it from their their own music tradition, which doesn't quite. And it it doesn't quite meet. No yeah. one. I mean, there's some pretty good efforts, and and they can describe it. They can describe it pretty good to another person trying. of them. You know. Yeah, but it's so <laughs> disconnected. It's like sterile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let me get my uh, piano out and I'll see what this sounds yeah, like. Yeah, that's that was very um flathead, very salish. It Sorry, is. I shouldn't say flathead, my bad. <laughs> oh yeah, you're you're offen- you're being offensive. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. So what do you want to talk about now? 
you got on your mind? Man, whatever, man. I, what, um, what's been up to? We haven't recorded in a while. Um, yeah, it's been. I I my job. I haven't traveled a whole lot. I went to Phoenix yeah. last week. Um, hmm. uh, for be a, I did. I gave a training at the <laughs> National Training Center for the BLM Line Officers Training School. Is what it's called. Yeah. What'd you tell them? Oh man! Oh, How okay. were you training so, them on? So it's supposed to be like on on consultation. Oh, so, okay. So this law that I'm very active in now, Section 106 of the National Historic Preservation Act. But there's all this other stuff that comes along with it, like this tribal engagement component that the feds are required to have now, right? Mm-hmm. So it's part of this co-stewardship mandate. Government to government relationships, it's all this, right? So, yeah, but what people are doing is they're blending the two together, which sometimes that's good. Blending blending which two together? The Section 106 component of the National Preservation Act, and then this this other monster, which is government to government, um, tribal engagement, co-stewardship. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Almost like the humanitarian part of the social justice part of the thing where this, okay. this is a federal law that requires them to, to take into account the adverse effects to potential adverse effects to cultural resources. It's yeah. not, not designated as a tribal thing. It just, it's just to take into account. It could be historic buildings, whatever. Yeah. By default, it seems to have become a tribal, like it's really used by tribes a lot to fight companies or whatever so anyway i go down there to give this talk yeah (laughs) and it was it was good my talk was really on like what is consultation how do you do it how does it function where does it not function and how can the blm get better at it well Mm -hmm. i didn't realize like how little these guys these line officers which are like field supervisors and stuff didn't know so afterwards (laughs) i get on a panel so i'm sitting on this panel Oh, yeah. And uh, the panel after I had done my hour long talk, I gave a little talk at the beginning, eight in the morning on prayer, kind of my idea of what prayer is. Cause they, I'm kind yeah. of, a, I'm, I'm against, I'm against prayer before meetings. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you, you made that clear. Yeah. I'm not against prayer. It's that, that for some reason, people think, think that means because i've even had people say like oh aaron doesn't believe in prayer you're ridiculous you know (laughs) you're ridiculous um it's more about timing and like situation what's appropriate so yeah i give this talk about what i've seen in crow ceremony and really what i've just seen in my life like what what to me seems tribal and what seems to be more appropriate yeah so I give this 15, 20 minute or whatever, 10 minute talk at the beginning, come back, do this one hour talk with some Q&A. And then yeah. I'm on a panel and I'm on a panel with some BLM. It's all BLM people. I'm the only tribal government rep. There's tribal people there, but they work for the government. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, as yeah. as they're, they're talking, people are asking questions that, and different members of the panel are fill, fielding these questions. Yeah. I kind of get like annoyed. <laughs> these are all non-native folks. I'm yeah. Assuming. I mean, there's a, there's a native <clears throat> lady, but she's very much 
and no disrespect to her, but she's very much BLM, you know? Yeah, yeah. A lot of patting on the back, like, hey, you know, we can do this. We're doing it. This is what we're doing, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. And so I'm kind of getting annoyed. Okay. And then I finally, there's a little button on on um the mic, so I press the, the button. And I'm rude at this point. Um, I didn't wait for the person to quit talking. I just pressed it and I said, Cut I say, yeah, I said, I want to say something. Yeah. And I admit I, I was a bit rude. I I admit that, but I, I also felt a sense of like, Hey, they asked me to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just freaking, I went off, man. <laughs> <laughs> I ruined the moment. I like went off. <laughs> And I basically like trashed everything everybody was saying. And I said, you know what? This is like ridiculous. Really, when you think about it, I said, this gentleman, I pointed at this guy, said, asked us, asked about a letter sending section 106 letters to tribes. He's asking how to do that. Yeah. I just spent an hour talking about a fairly good detailed explanation of tribal consultation this field manager doesn't know how to send a letter yeah and i said you guys aren't you're not even there yet i wasted you know i wasted my time pretty much is what i said yeah so i'm talking like all this ideal stuff but the reality is you guys don't even know how to send letters (laughs) and you're asking me how you guys should send letters have you ever just called your the tribes you work with and say how do you want these pdfs paper do you want us to call you do you yeah you want a carrier pigeon to bring them to you (laughs) what does the tribe say you know and so that i just kind of got frustrated i said there's a lot of patting yourselves on the back there's a whole lot of like look what we did but Mm. you guys aren't doing it yeah nothing's happening it's just doi doing doi stuff yeah and then this guy said i respectfully disagree with you and then he he um he says our tribes in northern california says that our tribes so then he he <laughs> he talks about how they're like their successes in consultation right yeah and i'm thinking like i said okay well with the exception of northern california who's doing it right everybody else is doing it wrong i said i work with six different field offices in three different states and and that none of them are doing it right but northern california is doing it right and i said <laughs> or they the tribes you're working with don't know the potential they don't know what they can get and how they can be successful so yeah. in their mind they're getting a lot from you yeah. So their inter- your interaction with them is pleasant because they don't know they don't know what they can get. Yeah. And I said, yeah. you're feeding them spam. I said this in front of everybody. <laughs> I said, huh, and I like this line. I'm, yeah. This is okay. I'm gonna give myself. Okay. I said, you're feeding them spam while you're eating ribeyes. And <laughs> freak, you can hurt. You can hear the pit like. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just kind of like faded into the back and you can tell people were like what the hell jim shut up <laughs> <laughs> spam really you're feeding <laughs> and them then spam this, and then this lady next to me the idaho state director goes i agree with everything aaron's saying because she was the only one that wasn't doing like the self-grandizing oh yeah like, and there was some by the ford indian stuff happening yeah there yeah, like, there's always I, that yeah. i basically got contradicted about my prayer stuff 
by this lady, another another BLMer, a BLMer yeah. native person, who yeah. just like said Aaron's basically wrong. Yeah, but she's guess. I want you to guess how old this individual is. Uh, it's probably maybe in their sixties. Boom. Yeah, sixty. Yeah. And 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 for me, that's hard to convey that to people to say. Yeah, I know exactly what that generation's going to tell me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know exactly their response. It's yeah. a, in a good way. This is how this is how we start all of our meetings. Bullshit, man. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> you don't you don't? And then and then um, I said I said if you guys really did care about your success in tribal consultation and engagement, yeah. why am I the only one here? Yeah. Why am I the only person here? The only tribal person. What's going on here? Yeah. And I said, kudos to all the tribal people who work for the BLM, but I'm sorry. You're on the BLM. Yeah. You're not. You don't represent a tribe. People in the trenches, man. I uh, That's where I'll toot my own horn. And this sounds like this is getting real arrogant, so I better stop. But. I didn't I never okay. realized when you work for a tribal government, especially in Montana, yeah. you're on the front lines, man. Yeah. You're digging the trench. <laughs> Dude, you're doing it. You're, you're digging doing the it. trench. You're and you're so, shooting the shots. So I was just sitting there then, yeah. and I said all of this and then it sparked quite a discussion. So I just turned around to the Buffalo Field Office archaeologist who's the one who got me there. Yeah. And I just said my bad you know she's like no she was into it you know yeah she she's yeah. a firm believer that things have to get awkward they do to get better they do people have to get awkward it has to yeah I, i'm a firm believer in that too you know you know I, I why why do we travel thousands of miles and um spend all these resources to just pat each other on the back you know i yeah i'm like yeah. you didn't bring me down here for yeah. that that's exactly my thinking like yeah did you bring me down here to praise you yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you got the wrong indian for that man <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. i oh, while i was giving my talk i was like i say indian i don't think there's anything wrong with it yeah. Of course, there is a native lady right in the front row. And I said, does anybody else have a problem with Indian? The one native person raises their hand. <laughs> like, I said, all right, well, that's a different talk, you know. And I started going off, you know. And I oh, said, man, my style is different. I just told him, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm more about success. I don't, I'm not the bridge to divide guy. Yeah. I don't care if you don't like me. Yeah. Uh, you can go home. You can talk about me. You can say all the names about my people, whatever. Yeah. We have to get over this like idea. Like it's saying a playground where we all got to get along and play Red Rover. Yeah. What we have to learn to do is be successful together. What you believe yeah. is your business. Right. And there's certain things that, that I think are not owed to us, but we're entitled to because of the yeah. lack of respect to native people for for forever there's a certain level that's afforded to us. Yeah. You know, in 500 years when we're all caught up on equality, then yeah. After that, maybe you can say, Hey, we don't need to give this native people, this level of respect. I don't know. I won't be here, but I'm just saying for right now. Yeah. We're owed a little bit. I'll say it, you know? Okay. Yeah. Let me say it, man. The reason, the reason 
murder is a felony or it's it's a crime, it's because somebody did it, right? Yeah. The reason consultation is 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 a is a law that NAGPRA is a law, religious freedom is a law, is because with those things weren't allowed. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. if people cared about us, we wouldn't have to have these laws. So so I'm yeah. over the like accept me for who I am kind of thing because <laughs> the structure of it isn't designed for that anyway. The structure is born out of criminality. <laughs> You're on a ripper, man. You've been it's holding been a, this in. It's been about 90 it's, days. It's been a while since I've like Hey, actually, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So I noticed the last time I kind of had like a meltdown on the podcast was <laughs> I was in Bismarck, wasn't I? Yeah, you were. <laughs> and it was a while before we had did a podcast. Then when we were stringing some pods together. Yeah. They got friendlier and funnier. Uh, yeah, I know. They did, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I apologize for that. You're bottling it up, man. I didn't mean to. Um, well, I don't know. I, I got to thinking about about a few things, you know, about kind of our whining around about things, and I don't know. I I thought, well, you know, we should be about solutions, but I, I think I think you you sort of said it is we we can't come up with the solution until we all whine around a bit and argue about you know where where our where our views are without without having to <clears throat> you know. Um, placate each other on on those kind of things we just got we just got to get it out you got to get like like you know like when when you're in a relationship you get that good argue that, you know where you're, you're on the edge you just you're like i'm leaving you're, you're looking around for your bag and you know I'm, I'm gonna go i'm just gonna go i don't need this you know but you stay you stay you stick it out you know <laughs> the good argue i like that i, I know yeah and, and it's in it's in those moments that you know the 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 man the man brain, like it has this little, like this little growth. You know, like it, a little a little, uh, those little synapses sort of connect, and you're like, oh yeah, I get I I finally get what she was saying. Yeah, I, I I'm wrong, and I'm wrong, and I'm and then it's yeah. okay to admit that. It's okay to yeah. admit that. I'm not gonna be any less of a man if I admit that. It and takes I get, a while to get there, though. Oh man, it does. It takes it <clears throat> takes years of living together and arguing and almost leaving. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I get it. But once you, it's it's nice though to have to get to a point in your mentality where you're okay with being uncomfortable a little bit, yeah. and you're okay with being wrong, but yeah. you're also okay with resigning. Like you're so yeah. You want to win all the time. Yeah. When you're younger, and I admit, I kind of, I still have some of that. Yeah, but people do. realize people don't realize how many times I've just said, "Yeah, I don't know, I don't know." Yeah, yeah. And are I'm wrong? Yeah. I doesn't mean I like it. See, I think that's where people go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I've definitely admitted, especially in the last couple of years, have I've learned to admit when I'm wrong. Yeah, man, but it doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants know. to get used to being wrong. Uh, no, yeah, no, no, no. I no. bet, I bet, eighty percent of my knowledge comes from insecurity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can, uh, I can relate to that. 
But let's let me step step back a, yeah, a little bit. You're, so it. you're talking about um, I, I don't know. We talked about these things already. So I don't know if I want to. We don't. Re- we don't have. Re- we don't have to. That's just you asked me what I've been up to. So no, I, you said some important things, and there's one thing that I that that I've been thinking about somewhat, and that's sort of um, mm-hmm. how how native people ought to act. And see, this is, I don't know if this is right, how Native people ought to act among their own people versus how they ought to act when they're not around their own people. It's exactly what I was... Yeah. Yeah. And so point. so this this ties into the things that we see, these phenomenons that we have uh, nowadays, which is, I don't know, kind of sort of disagree with it, but kind of see the point, but the idea of the positionality statement and the self-location and the prayer before a meeting you know all these seems to be tangled up in that idea of what what's what's the authentic native in these two different sort of contexts like if if you're hanging out with uh, with all your with all your um i don't know your tribesmen you know your your tribe hanging out with the tribe you know, at any 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 function on on the res, whether it's ceremonial, whether it's social, whether it's customary, who knows? You act the same. You act a, a way because everybody is familiar with what ought to happen in whatever situation that is. That's mm-hmm. just a given, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, when you're outside of that context, we're sort of training ourselves. To be a particular way that doesn't feel authentic, feels performative, and it feels uh, misplaced. But I, I think some some of the younger generation and some of the older generation, it feels like <clears throat> that's become normalized to the point where it's it's a, it's like a hard one to um, counteract with some sort of authentic evidence to say that no this is not really the way we act but then some people would say well we have to be a certain way because we can't bring that we can't bring that authentic self into these environments because it doesn't fit and doesn't match i don't know if i'm making any sense yeah i mean yeah you tell me to me you are because that's exactly kind of what i was talking about yeah with my talk about yeah. prayer yeah that's the thing i'm combating but mm-hmm. what comes out is people say he doesn't believe in prayer but what i'm <clears throat> what i'm fighting or what i'm against is that performative nature in yeah. us which i think comes from a john collier's lifting of the dance band so he, right. he, he when we when song and dance and religion was outlawed he lifted it for the sake of tourism all right for tourism right. and this in, in celebration of of our country of our country right so <laughs> yeah, um yeah. so that's why there's like a million fourth of july powwows you know <laughs> and yeah. there's like a million powwows near train stations you know especially these older <laughs> yeah. these older powwows you know yeah and so uh, it became it it's in our nature now it's become a part of who we are to yeah. perform as a sign of identity yeah because that's what the lead that that's legally it was mandated you know or yeah regulated so yeah. i uh unfortunately 
you have two things colliding. You had the influences of the church. Now, I'm not saying the boarding school era. Okay. Pre-boarding pre school. Pre no, post. Well, like, post-boarding so, school. So okay. you got the Carlisle, Bacon, Haskell era, like the, the real aggressive stuff, right? Not, yeah. Now, I'm not saying boarding school wasn't aggressive in regions, but for the most part, yeah. by the 40s and 50s, it was dwindling down to the point where these these native students were wanting to go to boarding school, right? You know, but yeah, of course there was still hardship. There's still things happening, so I'm yeah. not discrediting that. But so you have this combination of um, now people had bought in, yeah, to that education thing. Mm -hmm. They bought in. Mm -hmm. to the church so that's yeah. that same boarding school era those old school cats they're it's their kids and grandkids right they're like believers yeah they're believers yeah, yeah. And then so you've now replaced for the most part the daily religious expression of your people doesn't mean ceremony's not there ceremony's still there but the yep. daily the daily had now become replaced by the church Mm -hmm. But now you introduce all these concepts that are really Christian. Right. Like, can mm -hmm. you imagine there wasn't dinner time 200 years ago? <laughs> yeah. So when people say we've always prayed for food before the, before dinner, we've always someone prayed. Yeah, can we ask grandma, grandma, can you pray for the food where we want to <laughs> eat? Like that's, I, I'm I'm not against that. What I'm against is people saying it's somehow a tradition of. Yeah. 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 Tradition. No. Yeah. It only exists because of dinner time. Yeah. Yeah. So prior to that, we're a grazing people. Now, if somebody came to your home, they might feed that person. That doesn't yeah. mean it's dinner time, you know, because <laughs> it's just not there. So. And in fact, they would actually make a prayer opposite. So that person was offered food. Then he said, yeah. oh, good. I'll ask for something good for you. You know, you just gave me food. So I'm going to ask for something nice for you. Yeah. You know, so it's it was so casual. That's what people yeah. don't get is it was so casual. But then all of that gets affected by the church. John Collier lifts the dance band, says you can do it as long as it's for some level of economics for your tribe. And, yeah. and through tourism. So now all of that stuff gets pushed all together, mismatched. And then now you got this performative nature of tribal people. I mean, starting <laughs> way back in the 20s, you know? Yeah. No, I, I could see that. Um, That's obviously a very generalized. Uh, yeah, view of what what was going on. So I, I don't want people to be acting like Aaron's wrong. It was actually 1934 when it's like <laughs> ah, like yeah, I know, I know, I'm wrong. So. <laughs> the overarching understanding is what you said, not the specifics. Well, okay. So pretend pretend we're giving advice. Well, we've done this already. I think we've done this already. And um, I'm, I'm thinking about the the young, in, in you know, highly malleable indigenous scholar, who maybe you know didn't didn't get a chance to grow up on their on their res, didn't get a chance to you know to to witness or partake in in the ceremonialism that that enforces certain norms that you ought to do and what you ought not to do 
what 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 advice do you give to that um that individual who's who's looking for something that feels authentic but is bombarded continually with things at least from our our thought that feels somewhat off advice yeah what do you you tell them biggest thing is to be patient be patient because one thing i see with young learners of their culture which typically is driven by academics which is funny man like you see that a lot you notice like Mm -hmm. they go Mm -hmm. to school they get influenced and that's cool like i'm not dogging that everybody's had that in some level so like when they're wanting to learn about their people maybe it's springboarded by academics yeah. Which is good. Yeah. They want to make up for lost time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. A, yeah. That, no, that, that's pretty descriptive. There's a rush. There's a rush. There's to a do rush. That. And then what I see nine times out of 10 is that person burns out on it. And they yeah. kind of just dwindle off. Yeah. So like culturally, they they overdo it. But also because of the lack of involvement from young people, our communities overuse them too. They're like, oh, look at this young person showing interest. Let's freaking bombard them with stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then that person gets overwhelmed. Yeah. And so, like, for example, like as a young man, I wasn't raised in an ultra traditional home, but when we would go to like sweat, my dad would say, help build the fire. So, man, and you would do that. And it's not formal. See, that's the thing. People think this is formal. It's not. It's just something you yeah. look back on and say, oh, I guess what I did was like, I just kind of helped clean up around yeah. the sweat. And just by being there, you yeah. learn you learn a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then you might help build the fire. You might help. Then you'll bring the rocks in or you might get the blankets and stuff ready or yeah. the water ready yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you might be this the guy running the deals, little helper or whatever. And for yeah. every tribe, it's a little different. It's a little stricter, informal, whatever. But by the time it's time for you to like, well, like in your guys' case, run rounds or like have songs or uh, for yeah. us, it's like having the right to pour. By then, you had all this informal training, right? Yeah. And what I notice now is young guys aren't growing up that way. Hmm. So when they learn about the sweat. They're like pushed into everything at once. So you got guys now that are pouring in the sweat and they've never really even had to build the fire, you know? So they're kind of spoiled. They have the authority of sitting in that position. 
Yeah. But not they didn't have to like for lack of a better term pay dues. So what I see yeah. in academics is kind of the same thing. Our young learners is that they're learning too much, too fast. Hmm. And everybody's pace is different. So some yeah. people can take on like a lot at once. Some people can. It's like, man, just learn this, learn this and use this as your cornerstone and kind of build off of that. Yeah. And then and then and to me that's where like if you really want to learn your culture, you learn singing. Oh yeah. There's no faster way to learn your culture than yeah. through songs. I mean, obviously language, language is like, but really like even people who speak their language go to people who know songs. There's a position that enough unofficial position that people who sing and know songs have that's even in some ways higher than people who speak their language, you know? Yeah. It's it, it worked for me and I see it with people when they learn to sing and they learn songs and song structure, mm-hmm. they always sit in a position in the best seats in the house, mm. mm-hmm. you know. So they're always there, whether it's a sun dance or whatever, they stay they're they're there. They're like, we need them, and there's such a lack of singers, yeah, that they're 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 needed. But they I noticed the pacing's different when you learn how to sing. They keep you in the singer's position for a while because they it's the necessity. <laughs> they, need the some, necessity. they need somebody to, to carry the because, drum. <laughs> well, if we say, oh, Shondi, get over here and help us with the fire or help us do this or help yeah. us do that. And then they're like, oh, shit, we got it. Shondi's got to go back and sing. <laughs> so, but because of that, your the patience and the pacing is different. Yeah. That's what I notice. Yeah. Well, what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> the classic. The classic Indian man end response. You you drop a bunch of wisdom and knowledge. Yeah, but what do I know? But what do I know? <laughs> yeah, but what do I know? <laughs> Poor Indian boy. Yeah, I don't know nothing. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what I have to say anyway, though. But that's what I have to say. Yeah, okay. So I got sorry. to thinking. No, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm dumb. Never mind. Sorry, I'm done. Never mind. <laughs> Probably just go home. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. You, you're on a rant, man. I, I just give you one little little cue, and you go off. Way to go, man. Bottled I'm, up. It's bottled up. I, okay. I miss you. I miss you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just want. I just want to. <laughs> what does he say? What does he say on Anchor, yeah. man? Yeah, I'm trying to think. When this it. is all over. <laughs> We should get an apartment together. Get an apartment together. We'll start a band. I miss something. you. I miss your musk. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is a question somewhat related because um, we've talked about this a little bit, but not. I don't know if we did. We talked about it indirectly, but I was asked this question. By um, um, a former uh, guest on the podcast, I think she's kind of a guest, but we kind of were in it all together at in the beginning. Uh, Selena, Selena Hill. Oh yeah, yeah. Much yeah. respect for Selena's. Yeah. Selena y los dinos. <laughs> You're Selena y los dinos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she asked me this very simple question, and I. I pondered it for a bit and throughout my response, but I'm, I'm curious what your thought is. 
Now, this is sort of in the academic realm, but you probably know a little bit about it, and we'll see what you have to say. What's the difference? Because you see this a lot in, a, in the young scholar, a young indigenous person, whatever, whatever, you know. They should know something about this. What's the difference between positionality and self-location? Go. Self-location seems to be a little more pliable. Like it's it's kind of a self-awareness and where the positionality is permanent to me. It seems like it has it has some concreteness to it. Like it's there, it's right there, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Very simple, right? I mean, I I, I give both are a... jokes, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> both, both are pretty pretty funny to kind of yeah. hack on. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I gave a very similar response about it, right? So I said, yeah, positionality is sort of who you are. Like you said, it's something you can't change, right? Yeah. So you I know, would, I would say, and yeah, I don't yeah. know much about it, but yeah, yeah, it's it's who you are, and you, and you just you sort of identify that. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know why you, I don't know why you, that that's a thing, but I, it's you know become, where what's become, become a thing. thing, but you know where I do appreciate it at, where I've started to appreciate it more because it lessens sort of my cognitive load is when i have to read a, a journal article that's about native things and so i i wonder well what's the what, what are where's the author coming from on this what's their experience what what's their lived experience with indigenous things and if they state it right up front you know i'm i didn't grow up on my reserve or you know i was adopted you know those kind of things then it sort of helps me to understand what they're sort of telling me about what they know, where they learned mm -hmm. it, etc. That's pretty mm -hmm. valuable, you know. It's pretty valuable. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have to look people up and find out their background just just to understand the stance in which they're writing from. And background, in, in in unlike a lot of disciplines, indigenous research background is important, man. Oh it yeah, important. really. There's important. a lot of things I'm not qualified to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just it's, exactly, exactly. It's not, it's not for me. It's not me. Yeah, and so you can kind of tell from from that sort of positionality statement. But I, you know what? I think you can also tell without that statement when you're reading something that's from a a, a, a person who's deeply seeped in the traditions and norms of their people. It's pretty clear just by the the way they're talking about things. You don't really need that, but it gets kind of gray. When it's um, I don't know. Certain when they talk about certain things, it becomes uh, sort of unclear. And then the self-location seems seems to me to be, um, like you, you're you're sort of stating, in a way, your your privilege, like what what your position, the privilege that your position gives you. That's kind of how I described it. So an, an example would be, you know, I'm. I don't know. Like here, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a native from the states, which gives me a different perspective on, uh, on understanding the indigenous reality here in, in Canada. But I have a privilege because I sort of understand some of the norms. They're, they, they sort of cross the boundary, so it gives me a bit of a privilege. And you know, that seems to be self-location. It's kind of like what you said: the things that can change or that are pliable. Like I might have mm -hmm. this privilege now, but I might not have it later. I kind of give an example of like a, I don't know, like a, like a white banker 
a male white banker, you know, his positionality would be, well, I'm, I'm a, I'm a straight male dude. Who's, I don't know, almost 50 or whatever. That's my position. Then my self-location is because of that. It offers me a privilege in certain contexts. I have, I have a privilege over other people because I'm white. <clears throat> I'm a male and I work in banking. That seems like self-location. <clears throat> that pretty similar to what you said, I think. So this gets me down to the sort of the next question. Um, do, do indigenous people have to self-locate? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I already, you already said they're, they're a joke, but is there, is there an instance where that's important? Because at first I think, well, indigenous people, we don't necessarily have an inherent privilege unless you're deep inside your own res and you're dealing with a bunch of people who aren't from there. That seems like you would have a privilege in some way. It seems like we do, maybe we do kind of do something, but the intent is different, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, though. What, what, do, you what do you mean? mean? What, what do you mean? I don't know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I spend the majority of my time on this podcast trying to keep up with your brain. No, this is not this is not advanced stuff, man. This is So one of my tactic is just to talk, to just to out talk you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm going to do on the next podcast? I got some stats on the percentage of time that we talk on each podcast. I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go through those. Oh, and I'm a, <laughs> well, I'm mean, it's not surprising. It's not surprising, but you'll have to wait. You'll have to wait and see that. I'll, I'll make some bar graphs. I feel like you talk a lot more than I think you do, though. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like in my I don't. mind, in my mind, you don't talk at all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's always been the nature of our friendship. Yeah. Yeah. It you reminds prompt, me. Of, you prompt me. It reminded me of that trip that we took to Indiana. Remember, remember, um, uh, uh, God darn, what's his name? Uh, Ed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed. Uh, Herman. Ed Herman. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of that trip. That that trip we took. Remember, we we were kind of, we had kind of a little, uh, I don't know, a little um, a method of of uh, interacting with all these 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 white folks, you know, and and it sort of worked, you know. Well, that's right. It's, yeah. It's. Not good cop, bad cop, but kind of a similar idea where you were by far a little more diplomatic than I, I am. I Well, I wouldn't say that, but I mean, I had a different mode of talking to, to these folks that would sort of cue you off into, into <laughs> something that that was, it gave a different perspective on, on something, you know. I, I was working from the angle of, you know, we building the center and I want to, yeah, I guess you're right, diplomatic, you know. It was, it was a little more like chill. Yeah, chill. <laughs> what was I like then? Tell me. <laughs> yeah. That was 20, what, 18? Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah. No, you just brought brought the real voice into it, you know. Yeah, I was being diplomatic. God dang it. Yeah. So anyway, what about this? What about yeah. when we went to Phoenix for Nate, Nate uh, that conference, oh. that science conference? <laughs> that was yeah. just like, yeah. I remember about going to have an aneurysm. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was problematic. 
It's like there's all cases, all kinds of wrong. There was all there was like multiple red flags. There was a lot of red flags. <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of yeah. There was a lot of there was a lot of performance. Let's just say that seemed to be yeah. a lot of performance. Yep. Anyway, back to this self-location. Oh. What I don't I don't want I don't know if we need to talk about it. We could talk about something we else. We could talk about it. We could talk about I just don't know. I I don't know about it. I don't do any of these things. I, I deliberately try not to do any of these. Well, I don't know if even I do it deliberately. It's just natural not to. I feel like my position, if I'm being authentic, my idea of where I'm located in, in the structure of the social stratum, if you will, <laughs> I think that becomes pretty abundant and clear in the way that I talk in what I talk about and how I interact and respond to questions. I, I take that approach in, in my lectures, in any panels I'm on, in any interviews I have to give. I, I'll, I'll, I don't feel like a, a lengthy introduction is necessary for people to understand those two concepts the positionality and the self location that's that's in uh, talking not in writing mm -hmm. but in talking okay yeah okay and i, I, I mean know. i don't really know i don't really know what it is because i've become so self aware in almost muscle memory of tokenism and showmanship <laughs> that like i don't function that way anyway so i yeah. don't I'm having a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. Wrapping my brain around it because it's not something for one that was introduced to me, or even if it was, I wouldn't have accepted it. So it just wouldn't have been part of yeah. my deal. Give me an example. Is there like a published example of something? I don't know. I don't know. There isn't. So, or, I mean, if there is, I don't know about it. What, what so, what, so what was Selena's question based on? Like what? What was? Nothing. Was she? Was she just asking? Yeah, just she's like wondering what, what are your thoughts on the difference between these two things. That was sort of my understanding from the things I've where, seen. Where are they in research? Like where? Where? Where are they? Where are they? What's their? I'm I'm, I'm not sure where they are in in, uh, in any sort of research methodology. I I would say I would I would guess that that they they probably are probably um advocated for in in an indigenous methodological approach i'm sure that's out there somewhere whether i think that's right i i don't know you know i'm, I'm on the fence about it because i do think it's good in in a certain regard but that's only in sort of the dissemination of things but i don't i don't know i don't know of um a lot of situations where that the performance of telling somebody who you are and what your privilege is really helps anything. It does. If you're put, if you're wearing the lab coat, it does. If you're wearing the, is that the same as like rights? Like, like, do you, is it like, no, saying I, where your authority comes from to talk about something or to sort of something sort of, I mean, because I know there's been cases where, That's a thing, like uh, where you yeah. would talk, where you would have to 
where you where owning rights to things gives you authority. But I still don't know if people go, I have the right, unless asked, yeah. where does your right to this come from? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, I don't know if you think, I don't know what you, what you think about this, but you know, some, you hear some native people do that in, in, uh, in certain situations that, that are unique to us, you know, say, I have the right to do this. And I was given this right mm-hmm. by so-and-so-and-so. That's sort of like self-location, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but I also noticed that only really occurs when that person is outside of their norm. So like like announcing here, like in Crow Country, right? The yeah. people own the right to announce, to address the camp, right? Yeah. I pretty much know, like if certain people come up, I yeah. don't question their right. I know like, oh yeah, those who know, know, right? Oh, but okay, there's, okay. There's yeah. particular communities and ceremonies yeah. Where there's the an announcing right that is attached to it. Yeah. But I maybe I'm not part of that. So when they come out and they know like, oh, normally I'm not in this arena. Oh, so they'll say, yeah. I own this right. Uh, it's okay. given to me by <clears throat> so and so. Yeah. So typically I only have seen that where there's an element of unfamiliarity with it. Yeah. They're sort of out or, of their context. Or when the person's new to it. Oh, okay. So they sort of have so to establish they, that credibility they, yeah. in a way. And then people are like, oh, they're not used to seeing them there yet. So now we know we know A, B, and C, they own the right because we've seen them. They're yeah. public. There was public. There was witnesses to when their right was given to them, even whether I'm not there or not. It was yeah. verified, you know. They always say yeah. authorized. Crows like to use that word authorized. <laughs> Just like the Blackfeet, they they say transfer, right? Transfer, yeah. right? Which yeah. is the same idea. Someone someone had to witness that. And you've always said that. I've always liked that. You said bear witness. Someone has to witness what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So it seems same, but then I, I get it now. So if it's out of context, perhaps you have to establish that <clears throat> that credibility in a way. So I don't I don't know. I mean it it but that seems different in a way. It seems different. It does cuz the setting's different because yeah. typically those rights are in service to somebody else. Yeah. I don't just walk up and say I'm an announcer. I can have the right to speak. Somebody came up to me already and said, yeah. "Do you own the right?" Somebody but, picked yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So somebody came up to me and said, "Do you own the right?" Oh, yeah. From so it's okay. Can you talk for my family? Oh, okay. So we go out onto the dance floor and yeah. I announce for them. I, I mean, I'm yeah. not about me, but um, somebody yeah. would, right? Yeah. And um, so what? So let me ask you this: in that in that particular situation with the same players, would that work the same if somebody was asked to speak for someone at a conference? They say, "I want." I want you to sort of introduce me at this conference. Can you sort of announce for me these things? I would say, yeah. I would say okay. the, the crow belief is that those beliefs are everywhere. Yeah. So when I was teaching at SKC yeah, and then kind of going around lecturing, I didn't own the right to speak in public. And in my first year, I went into the Sundance and on the on like a day towards the end of it, um, a guy named Walter Oldout came up to me who was helping me through the dance. And he said, um, do you own the right to speak in public? And I mm-hmm. said, no. And he said, you know, with your job, yeah, 
you should follow the rules and you need, you need to have that right. So I'm going to give that to you. So what he did is he brought me to the front and he said, announced to the, to the, to the people there, to the public and said, I, he said, I was given the right by so-and-so Roger stops who was given the right mm. by Joe Hill. And mm. that, by that point, Roger Stops was born in 1920. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like it put that that right the the cust the chain of custody, yeah. the lineage. Yeah. And he said, "Today I'm going to give him." And he said, "My name and Crow." And he said, "He's going to own the right to speak in public." Yeah. Because of his job, this is what he does, and we want him to follow the rules. You know that kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. And there was other people who owned the right sitting there, and they said. All right, that's it happened because they recognize his right. Therefore, he's yeah. sharing that with me, and it was addressed to the public. You know, yeah. So in that setting, I wasn't. I'm not someone. Someone's going to use at Crow Fair to, at a giveaway, but he saw that as like you're addressing the public. Yeah, yeah. You need to own the right to do that. Yeah, and I respect that. Yeah, and so that that theoretically can apply under many different situations even yeah. out of context even out of context and you know that's at least that's the way i would see it you know yeah well yeah. especially out of context because you i mean you even know that, that no one's if someone comes up to you and asks you to sing a song from one of from the medicine dance you're not going to say oh yeah well maybe you will but situational right you'll say yeah well it's not the right time i shouldn't probably do it right now yeah it's yeah, yeah. Out, there's a context for it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So let me let me throw a hypothetical out to you. So let's pretend <laughs> you're at a college basketball game, and um, all the MCs got sick, and uh, somebody knows that you're uh, a man with the voice that's conducive to speaking in the loudspeaker. They say, hey, will you speak for us and announce for this game? Do you state at that game that you have the right to speak in public in your crow ways to a largely non-native population? I would. Okay. I, I personally would. Okay. So it matters that those people who have no understanding of the context, it matters that you stated that. Well, it matters. Uh, yeah, it matters to me. It matters to it's, you. It to me, it's important. Like just when I like if I said, um, like if I didn't own the right to speak in, because I've said this before. Before I had it, I yeah. would say, I don't own the right to speak in public, but I was asked to do this, so I'm going to do it. But just so you know, I don't own the right. Like it's important. Like that's important for me, you yeah. know? No. Does that mean I'm like doing that all the time? Not necessarily, <laughs> yeah. but I think it's almost like situational. Like now I own the right and I have for, I mean, that was 2017 or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. The way I, the way I think of, um, the way I think of our diplomas, yeah it's not as like knowledge i don't think of them as knowledge i think of sure. them as the right okay does that make sense in a way maybe maybe explain a bit what you mean so, as a right to what 
So like if they said, Aaron, Aaron you have your master's degree in anthropology. That yeah. doesn't mean I have the knowledge that you're supposed to have of a master's degree. Hell, yeah. I don't know, you know. Yeah. But what it means is I have the right to be to be an anthropologist. It's a cult. I see it as a oh, okay. cultural right. Yeah. So just because you might have, Shandine has the the rights, all the cultural rights to the war dance. Okay, let's say that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't mean you're not you're gonna have the knowledge of it. Okay. okay. The right is a function, a cultural function. Right. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't necessarily mean you own the knowledge of it, like you have the knowledge of it. Yeah. In fact, um, there's cases where somebody might own the the right to something, the ceremonial right. They're the person that's yeah. supposed to sit there and do this thing, but they don't know, they don't have the knowledge of it. So they're being coached by people who have the knowledge but don't have the right. Right. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So it's so to me, that's how that's how I see our degrees. I don't yeah. see them as knowledge. Yeah. I see them as the right. You, you own the right. You've earned the right. Yeah. The cultural right to to say that. So earning a right is not necessarily um to say you know everything about it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Is that fairly common, you think? For someone I, think to have a... I think it's getting more and more common, yeah. Hmm. That's and the handing off of ceremonial rights. Why, why do you think people do that? Is Do you think they see a potential in someone to carry it on, or are they they just feel compelled? I think it, I, man, I think it varies from so right? much. Okay, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. also think that sometimes rights are seen as heirlooms. Oh, okay. The Okay. The right or a transfer, yeah, or uh, and, yeah. and it, it's seen as an heirloom, so they want to like that's passed on. Oh, I'm the whatever, like I'm the war dance chief. That doesn't mean that person owns all the knowledge of it, but it's become an heirloom. It's it's yeah, it's a thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't yeah. mean it's not important, you know. Yeah. Like okay, I can say this. In the sweat, when we, the person who's running the sweat, yeah, they know how to go through the things, mm -hmm. emotions, everything you're supposed to do. Now, I would say that not everybody knows the meaning of everything. Yeah. Yeah. But their authority is official. They were given that right by this person, this person. And we can't question that. It's yeah. not up to me to say like, I, that person doesn't know the story of the sweat. So he shouldn't have the right. That's not for me to say. Yeah. I might want to, you know, but like, <laughs> who am I to question their right? That that someone who legitimately had the right gave that person. I have to respect that. And I think now we're, I see this more and more where we're getting to positions where people want to, people who don't hold rights are yeah. questioning people who hold rights. I might not agree with their philosophies. But I, in comparison to Crow culture, I don't own a lot of rights. I have some. Yeah. But when somebody when somebody goes up to talk about a certain thing and they own those rights too, I got to yeah. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so then sort of that idea, if it's if you compare it to that thing we're just talking about, that idea of self-location is pretty necessary. Pretty necessary. Yeah. Uh, 
In a certain setting, yeah. Yeah, in a certain setting, if acquired under... Uh, uh, but also don't talk about what you don't know. So if, if that person's going up there and they're going to go through all this self-locating stuff and all this, but they don't know what they're talking about, they need to shut up and just say, all I'm here to talk about is physics. That's all I'm going to talk to you about. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I you know, I, if, if I'm I, even talking about the right thing, shit, I don't know. I, th- I think we are. I don't know. It's an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting thing. We're rusty. It's we're rusty. It's an interesting thing. And if I had the time, I'm sure there's some somebody who wrote all about it, where it come from and all that business. And but I don't know. It feels inauthentic, even among a group of of indigenous people or native people. It feels inauthentic among a group of non-native people. To me, it feels it feels awkward, and uh, but but then again, you know, if it was something that you're talking about, where it's it's sort of a you know an, uh, an expression of something that uh, falls in line with a norm in the community because it maps back to a very particular purpose, ceremonial purpose, and. Uh, uh, authority to do certain things and that makes sense to me makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. so i don't know i don't know how um i don't know what suggestion we we could give for that for for the young people mm-hmm. who who feel like well i want to self locate because i feel like that's something i have to do what what i mean what is what is the deal i mean do you just i mean you could say well i don't have the right for of nothing from my community i got zero rights but I have Man, that, that would be cool. Wouldn't I that actually be? think that would be cool if somebody would say, I'm here to be. talk to you about a subject that I don't own rights to. Yeah. I don't own any rights, but because I'm placed in this institution and asked to talk about something, I want to talk about something I'm interested in yeah. and something I wanted to learn about. So everything I'm going to talk to you about is newly acquired knowledge. Yeah. That you would be badass with the badass. <laughs> so be. badass. That would be. That you know that that actually elevates a person's credibility. Like, I like think so, one thousand fold, <laughs> one thousand. Yeah. I'd even say almost two thousand fold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like wow, one Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually listen. I'd actually. I would listen. I would. I would in fact, listen. I never. I personally never even thought about it until just now. Yeah, I can see. There's times that I should have said that. Yeah. Yeah, like this was purely a preservation project. You know, this yeah. was purely a like this is purely. I just wanted to know. I tried to collect as much knowledge as I could. Yeah, I have no intention of using this knowledge for anything outside of learning. Yeah, nah, that'd be so cool. Oh, if everybody cool. did that, man, that's the thing. Then, that's the thing. So I want you to promote that by doing it. I next, should. The next time next, next time we talk, I, w- I want to see if you, you, you did that. I was asked to give a Shields talk. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm going to say it there. Okay. This okay. is purely a preservation project. I don't own the rights to any of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. I'm going to. Oh, when when is I'm, it? When is it? 
this is what I'm doing at the Society of American Anthropology. Oh, you should go. <laughs> when is it? When is it's it? It's in New Orleans in April. Oh, what what date? We could probably figure this out without recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Let, let, let's talk about that. Later. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do that. Report back on on how it made you feel. I want to know your feelings. Can you keep a journal? A thought journal and uh, no, I already know it's gonna make me feel good. <laughs> it's gonna make me feel good, dude. I already, I already know it. I already know it. <laughs> okay, all right. It, it, that's self. What? What are we calling that? Self, self location. Is that self location? I, I have no idea. I, I didn't. I never looked it up to the meaning or the definition, or I just kind of went off my gut what I thought it was. So we could be way off. But that seems right, though. It seems authentic. If that, if the idea of of locating yourself, you ought to say what you know and what you don't know, right? And sort of your intent, I, I guess. I think it's I even more important for in, uh, non-Indian people to hear that because there's this token Indian thing that we all we know everything about our yeah. people all the yeah. time. Yeah. So it's like, I was asked to do this. I didn't turn it down. I took the opportunity to learn yeah. something I don't know anything about. Yeah. Yeah. I own no rights to these things. Yeah. Therefore, you, none of you can own any rights to them. <laughs> yeah. And we're just here to talk about something fun. And that's all we're going to do. <laughs> man, that would be cool. Like something like that, you know? Yeah. I, I, I agree, man. That f- it feels more authentic. Feels like I can see I can see myself doing that. Okay. We'll do it, man. Do it. We're gonna report back. What when is what oh, this is this is in April? We'll record before April, so you'll report Yeah, I think back. we're trying to we're gonna get back on track. We've done this a few times. Yeah, we're, we're gonna go get back breaks. on track. But people people need to remember that when you and I agreed to do this podcast after the SKC days. We had this unspoken agreement that yeah. we're going to do it when we want to do it. And it's going to be fun. If yeah. we turn it into a chore, then yeah, it'll be a chore. They're yeah. going to get the cheapest version of us. The cheapest. Yeah. And I want to be the best for you. <laughs> I'm doing this for you. Remember? I am. I'm doing, doing this for you. you. You wanted to do this. This is all you. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. <laughs> Do you remember that commercial? No. I remember don't when know. he grabs that box and it's, there's weed in it, and he's like, "Where'd you learn this? Where'd you learn this?" And he's like, "I oh, learned yeah. it from watching you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the one where the the kid's like helping his dad fix the car, and he spills the oil, and the oil spills on the dad, and he. Goes tearing out from under the car and starts yelling at his kid. And then I don't know, there's some like message, and then it shows him reflecting on it. And then he decides to, to treat him a little bit better. But do, do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. Those are those are like the <laughs> yeah, those are the, dumb. the more you know, the more the you know. I don't know. Yeah, a little star goes flashing by. The more you know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We're, yeah, how, we're sp- how long have we recorded? Um, about an hour and 15. 
Oh, we should stop, dude. Yeah, let's do it. Let's stop. We're, we're rambling. Stop. Yeah, we're yeah we're starting to devolve into yeah, 80s commercials, 90s commercials. Okay, let's let's do it. Let's wrap it. Sounds dude, good, man. We're, we're done, man. I'm sick of talking to you. I'm I sick. I I'm don't sick miss of, you. I don't. <laughs> I don't miss you, and I don't want to talk about it. I don't miss you. <laughs>